0: Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 217. So in today's episode, I wanted to post the question, have the megapixel wars ended? Recently, Leica announced the new M11, which is a 60 megapixel successor to their M10 and M10P cameras. The M11's high resolution is somewhat unexpected because it's the highest resolution full frame Leica has ever made. But this episode is not about the M11. Now, the Leica M11 looks like a fantastic camera if you want a digital rangefinder and you have $9,000 to burn on the best. But as many people say, unless you're a dentist or a lawyer the average photographer will never be able to afford a Leica. What surprised me about the announcement was not the camera itself, but that it has such a high-resolution sensor, because it reminded me of the megapixel wars. This was something that was such a huge part of photography, but maybe the megapixel wars, like the Korean War, never really ended. In the last couple of years, the biggest battle between new cameras has been in the area of their autofocus tracking and subject recognition. Things such as IAF, animal tracking, and more recently vehicle tracking for photographing auto and motorcycle racing. It made perfect sense that companies were focusing on focus since it is such an important part of photography. Focus is a very difficult thing to get right, and it had a real impact on how your images turned out. Additionally, focus was a big part of why photographers chose one camera system over another. But the megapixel war seemed to have slowed down in the last few years. At one time, it was a big deal if a competing company offered a 6-megapixel sensor... To easily improve on that, you could come out with a 12-megapixel sensor, and it was a game-changer. Today, adding a few megapixels here or there doesn't really mean anything, especially since we already have enough resolution in all camera systems for your typical print types. Sure, if you're shooting something that will go on a massive billboard along a busy interstate... Then a really high resolution camera will make the difference. But a lot of the stuff that is shot with medium, but a lot of that stuff is shot with medium format or high detail and high dynamic range. That's what medium format is for. The camera makers have seemed to realize that megapixels don't matter that much anymore. Nikon, for example, hasn't gone above 45 megapixels since they introduced their D850 back in 2017. And Canon still hasn't surpassed the 51 megapixel sensor from their 5DS and SR from 2015. Sony, for their part, has been upping the resolution in their A7R line of cameras with each new revision. But the 61-megapixel sensor in the A7R 4 came out and uh, about two and a half years ago, and they are due for an update in their rumored A7R r 5 Although the war hasn't totally slowed down, I believe some of it is entirely illusionary, as most of the highest-resolution cameras mostly have the same resolution they had five years ago. The difference, however is that high-resolution options across the entire market have never been higher. And here are some examples. Number one, the price of high megapixels cam- megapixel cameras has been going down for a while now. Two, low-resolution models are being gradually phased out of most camera makers' lineups. Three, to achieve 8K video like Canon first did, you got to make higher resolution sensors. They become a necessity. And four, new features like sensor shift are pushing the resolution of many cameras beyond their stated specs. Now let's talk about these main points in more detail. First, we have lower prices for high resolution. The pricing side of it goes without saying. When Canon announced the 51-megapixel 5DS and SR back in 2015, it was hands-down the highest-resolution full-frame camera you could buy, and it sold for about $3,700 new. In today's market, even a mint condition model sells for around 1,200 tops. And it is not just the used market. A brand-new DSLR or mirrorless camera with a high-resolution sensor, is less expensive than they were back then. And they are now cheaper than they've ever been before. Just look at Fujifilm, who now has a 102-megapixel GFX100 and 100S medium format mirrorless cameras, which the first one, the the GFX100, sold for $10,000. And it's dropped down to $6,000 for the newer 100S. The 50 megapixel GFX 50R that I have was $4,500, but now you can find them new on sale for about $3,000. The new GFX 50S2 sells new with the GF35 70 f4 lens for $4,500. But if you want the body only, then you're talking only $4,000. Now I am old enough to remember when a 24-megapixel flagship Nikon cost around $8,000. And the 20-megapixel flagship Canon was close to the same price. In today's camera market, 100-megapixels isn't scaring people away. Instead, more photographers are now buying medium-format cameras than ever before. It is also easier to go for that high-resolution beast of a camera because the cost of fast hard drives and memory cards have come down a lot over the last few years. Gone are the days when the megapixel wars were all about leapfrogging the competition with every new revision of a camera line. But alas, it is still part of the overall story. Number two, phase out of low-resolution models. The main reason why higher-resolution cameras are the most plentiful on the market is because the companies have been phasing out their lower-resolution models for some time now. Just look at sports and wildlife cameras. Just a few years ago, anything over 20 megapixels was a happy surprise for those types of photographers. And now anything under 40 megapixels for those shooters, and they're not happy. Canon, Nikon, and Sony all have sports cameras that are over 40 megapixels with the Canon EOS R5, the Nikon Z9, and the Sony A1. The Canon and Nikon are both at 45 megapixels and the Sony is at 50. Most photographers haven't ditched their low-resolution models as quickly as the sports and wildlife shooters have, but it is happening. Some recently Bumped, uh, Sony excuse me, recently bumped up their A7 series, which has been at 24 megapixels since it was first introduced, to the latest model, the A7 IV, sporting a new 33-megapixel sensor. Canon has been pushing theirs higher in their crop sensor bodies from 18 megapixels to 24, and now from 24 up to 33 in the EOS 90D. Nikon has been done with their 16-megapixel sensor for ages. We are seeing a similar progression to what we saw in the past. Sure, it slowed down a bit, but now Fujifilm is pushing the issue once again, especially with landscape photographers, by offering extremely affordable medium-format cameras with 50 or 102-megapixel sensors at the same price as full-frame. All right, I'm going to take a short break right here, and then I'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191 and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag Liam Photo podcast And now back to the show. And we're back. So continuing on in this episode, point number three, eventual 8K video needs. Now, the one thing that hasn't been pushing sensor resolution higher was video. But now with all of the companies offering 8K video, after Canon unveiled it in the EOS R5, that will now be an underlying factor. Only a small handful of cameras today offer non-timelapse 8K video, like the R5, the Z9, and the Sony A1. The starting resolution for 8K video with a 2 to 3 aspect ratio is 39.3 megapixels, which allows you to crop to 16 by 9 ratio, with a 7680 by 4320 8K resolution. But the newer 8K, 8K DCI format is 8192 by 4320, which demands a 44.7 megapixel sensor. In the past, 4K rapidly caused a rise in sensor resolution from a few cameras to pretty much all models being capable of it today. Nikon's first 4K DSLRs were the D5 and the D500, which were announced in 2016. And now 4K is in everything, from the 20 megapixel Z50 upwards. How fast will 8K video be prevalent? Well, even if the timeline is a little bit slower than the rise of 4K, you cannot get around needing at least a 39.3 megapixel sensor to do it. So that size and larger sensors will be in all of the cameras eventually. Number four, sensor shift to increase resolution even further. So a newer technology that has come about in the last few years that Canon and Nikon are still absent from is sensor shift technology. And it's odd given that it seems to be a new reality in camera technology. The reason for this is there are fewer and fewer ways for companies to leapfrog each other in technology advancements. SensorShift is a new feature that uses the camera's IBIS or in-body image stabilization to move the sensor a fraction of a millimeter at a time and take multiple photos in sequence. And then it merges them into a higher resolution final image. As a general rule, it results in a resolution four times greater than the native sensor resolution. For example, the Fujifilm GFX100S, you end up with an image that is 408 megapixels instead of 102. Sony, Olympus, Pentax, and Panasonic all offer cameras with this feature. So I would assume Canon and Nikon will jump on the bandwagon very soon. If Canon and Nikon do soon offer this capability, it won't be long before every camera on the market can capture four times its native resolution. Now, sensor shift has issues of its own, such as you cannot shoot it handheld or when capturing moving subjects, as the camera itself has to remain perfectly still for the technology to work. Any movement in the camera or the subject will render the sensor shift null and void. It is, however, a great way to dramatically increase detail in images, so it works well for landscapes and architecture. So, what is my conclusion on the megapixel wars? Well, sensor resolution for a long time has been one of the main selling points for all camera makers and it's what matters most to people buying a new camera. For me personally, I've been much more interested in the advancements in other technologies, such as low-light performance and the AF systems. Another thing I like to see is the ever-increasing size in the camera's buffer, or how many shots it can take in continuous shooting modes without slowing down as it writes them all to the memory cards. Now, don't get me wrong, the Megapixel War is still raging on, even if it's a slightly different battle than it was just a few years ago. With Leica's M11, 60 megapixels shouldn't be a surprise to anyone as it's more of a return to normal within the camera wars. Since Canon, Nikon, and Sony all have 40-plus megapixel sports bodies, what will the market look like next when they return to focusing on landscape cameras once again? I suspect we will see more of the old leapfrogging of a decade ago while they all fight for the highest megapixel title. Canon has already had a 100-megapixel sensor in the works for a few years now, and rumors are it will be in their mirrorless replacement for the 5D S and SR, which will double the sensor size of those older DSLR models. The megapixel war is something that I am sometimes annoyed by, But given that larger and faster hard drives are becoming cheaper and more readily available to everyone, handling 100-megapixel images is no sweat. Apple, for their part, made it even easier to process those huge files when they switched to their own M1 processors. And for those that want to opt out of the 100-megapixel images, they can always buy one of these cameras for their value and use SRAW or MRAW instead. Many people say that the sweet spot of megapixels is between 24 and 45. But of course, some photographers will need to be printing massive prints for jobs that they are hired to do. For those, so a higher resolution sensors are becoming more of the norm. Now, one last point. The new best-in-class lenses From each of these companies, whether it's Canon, Nikon, Sony, Fujifilm, those lenses are all capable of resolving higher resolution than the current sensors can even do, which for us as photographers is a great thing. It means our lenses are even more of a worthwhile investment than ever before. All right, so now to you, the audience. What are your thoughts on Leica's M11 announcement with its 60-megapixel sensor? What are your thoughts on the megapixel war in general? Are you someone that's going out there and buying these bigger, these larger megapixel beasts because you need them? Are you doing the kind of prints that require those high-resolution sensors? Or is it just a happy... Side benefit of the fact that these cameras are coming down in price so dramatically over the last few years. Feel free to leave your comments in the Facebook group. If you're not already a member of the group, please remember to join. This is going to wrap up episode 217 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. I also wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors.